Which Denver Broncos players must step up in a big way in Week Two's action against the Washington Commanders? We'll tell you three players we have our eyes on on today's episode. Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos. Your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for taking time out of your day to make us your first listen of the day every single day. You can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks so much for rocking with us, especially all the everydayers out there as well. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Today's episode of the show was brought to you by our friends over there, Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code in all lowercase NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, Broncos country. Hey, you know, the, the Raiders discussion, the Raiders buildup that we had from last week, it is over. The 24-hour rule, you flush it down the toilet, it's gone here. The Broncos' focus now shifts to the Washington Commanders that they're back on the practice field on Wednesday, preparing for Sunday's second home game of the season here with Ron Rivera and a newly revamped, a new ownership group with the Washington Commanders. So, uh, you know, they got a lot of energy there. But I think we have to ask ourselves here, Sarah, when you look at maybe some of the circumstances, we now have clarification on Greg Dulcich. He's expected to miss several weeks with the hamstring injury that he sustained in Sunday's loss. There's going to have to be some players that step up here, and I think this is a great opportunity for us to talk about the tight end position outside of guys like Troutman, Chris Manhurts, Nate Atkins. Your time is up. Come on down. Come on down. Yes, uh, homage to the late, great Bob Barker, right? I love Bob. I love that show. But, Cody, somebody is going to have to come on down for the Denver Broncos at tight end. Specifically, we need somebody to step up in the athleticism department, somebody to provide a little bit of a mismatch there. We know Greg Dulcich was meant to be somewhat of a joker in the passing game for Sean Payton's offense. And, of course, we're going to have to wait a little bit now to see that vision unfold. And I know... I mean, not necessarily a joker, but certainly somebody who can move around the formation quite a bit is Nate Adkins. Now, he's not quite the athlete Greg Dulcich is, but I think we can see him move around the formation, make an impact a number of different ways there, specifically as a blocker, though. And I think that's the intrigue. This Broncos tight end room here with Nate Adkins instead of Greg Dulcich, kind of reminiscent of the group we saw for much of last season, right, with Eric Sauber, Eric Tomlinson, out there guys who are not necessarily as dynamic as receivers but certainly bring a lot to the mix as blockers and I think the Broncos need somebody to bring that upside now I know Nate Adkins had a big one-handed catch at South Carolina he wasn't exactly utilized a ton as a receiver so is it going to be him or is it going to be this Lucas Kroll and kind of a mystery guy who led NFL among the tight end position in the preseason in receptions receiving yards I'll be fascinated to see what the Denver Broncos do there because these two young guys, now Lucas is not a rookie this year. He was a rookie last year, got action in one game limited, but got action in one game for the Saints. I think these two guys could be fascinating to see as we look towards who is that new threat at the tight end position that could maybe be a couple of big plays per game. And I do want to mention here, too, because I think it's worth noting here that Lucas Kroll, folks, despite his former affiliation with the New Orleans Saints, has no 
previous affinity here to Sean Payton. So I know there was like, oh, Payton just wants to dip into the Saints. But obviously, when you look at what when the preseason had happened and the Broncos had signed, I think this was week one after cuts, when Denver had signed Lucas Kroll, I think a lot of people in the New Orleans Saints fan base were saying like, oh, no, like, hey, he was our leading receiving option at the tight end position in the preseason. He was going to play a big role. Now he's going to Denver. They were mad at Sean Payton for taking him. So I guess that could be a good thing if Saints fans were pissed about it or I don't know if it had anything to do with Sean Payton. But yeah, he is an athletic option. I mean, he does a lot of speed training in the offseason. I know the guy he, he trains with a little bit. So knowing his background on, on trying to get guys faster, it makes sense that, hey, okay, maybe Lucas Kroll is this option here. I believe his longest reception that he had here in the preseason, Sarah, I think it was 31 yards. So it was like a 31-yard catch. Maybe Denver can utilize that here, right? And look, I think that Denver's got a variety of different options here. Maybe we do see Chris Manhurts unleashed a little bit in the passing game. There is always a possibility of that, right? I don't think we expect that, though, right? So if we don't expect it, maybe Bronco's opponents don't expect it. When you look at his career volume of receptions over the course of his seven, now eight years going on in the NFL, Adam Troutman, we all know, very reliable pass-catching option, hybrid good blocker. But yeah, I, I to me, I'm curious to see maybe if Lucas Kroll does he activated the 53 or is he maybe like a game day elevation? That's always something I think we should look into here. But Nate Adkins, though, I, I, I'm very excited. He's deceptively athletic. As you mentioned, not going to be Greg Dulcich, but could be a difference maker here for the Broncos, not only in the run game, but also the passing game. Yeah, I think you brought up a good point, too, about whether or not they'll just outright sign Lucas Kroll to the 53-man roster. I kind of feel like you take this on a trial basis, right? You've got two free call-ups from the practice squad now, unless you're planning on doing the same thing as you did in week one by calling up little Jordan Humphrey and Philip Dorsett. Now, then you might have to get into a situation to sign one of these guys to the roster. But I like that you do have kind of just that free option to say, take a look at it. Let's see what he can do. It's kind of a risk free type of deal. You've already got maybe a uh, I don't necessarily want to call it a a high ceiling or anything, but you've got a pretty high floor with Adam Troutman, Chris Manhurts, two guys that know what they're doing out there. So since you have a bit of a high floor there, you can afford to take a little bit of a risk by saying, let's try Lucas Crawl. Let's put a, a package of plays in there because we saw the package of plays for Lil Jordan Humphrey. We saw the package of plays for Philip Dorsett. And so I, I wouldn't be shocked to see the Broncos do a similar thing with Lucas Crawl here in week two. So Nate Adkins, Lucas Crawl, we've got to find somebody to step up for Greg Dulcich in the interim now, long-term, do the Broncos look outside? Do they just go with next man up? It's kind of been George Payton's MO to go next man up, but we'll see if Sean Payton shares that same philosophy. Well, and also, I think it's worth mentioning here on the show, something we have seen from Sean Payton over the course of his career in New Orleans. I mean, Sarah, how many times did we watch Red Zone or did we watch like the buildup for the NFL week ahead? And one thing we were always, oh, okay, this guy's out for the Saints. This guy's out for the Saints. Like there's been times where Payton's had to deal without Drew Brees, Michael Thomas. Alvin Kamara, what has he always done? He's always designed a game plan based around what would work if those guys are out. So this is a great opportunity, I think, for Broncos fans and maybe for us to see a little bit more into Sean Payton and how he maneuvers through this. Because, yeah, losing a big, sizable athletic target like Greg Dulcich hurts. And there's no guarantee that Jerry Judy's going to play this week, right? But I think maybe he's trending upward. We'll find out more this week as practice goes on. But Denver has to approach this game as if, okay, there's a possibility. Obviously, you're not going to have Dulcich. But there's a possibility you may not have Jerry Judy as well. So do you go with more tight ends or do you go with more wide receivers? Could we see Lil Jordan promoted from the practice squad to the 53 once Caden Stearns gets placed on injured reserve? And as the time we're sitting down and talking about this, 
We don't know if Greg Dulcich is going to go on short term IR, if he's just a week to week thing as well. So Denver might have some options here in the next couple of weeks. And hopefully by the time, uh, you know, week five rolls around, they'll get some reinforcements back on the defensive side of the ball as well here for the Broncos. But Broncos country, our conversation is going to continue as we talk about players we want to see step up in a big way in week two when the Washington Commanders come to town on Sunday. We'll talk about a key player and a rookie who didn't see much playing time last week, but could he be in line for a role this week? Well, you're going to get that on today's episode, Locked On Broncos. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or you're scouting the waiver wire, Every week, we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins got eight targets and put up zero fantasy points in week one against the Browns' tough secondary, but he gets a big shot to rebound big time against a much weaker Ravens secondary at home. They're banged up due to a couple of injuries there. The Texans had success throwing outside of their wideouts, and Higgins has a history of massive volume versus Baltimore when healthy. Stick with Higgins in what should be a high-scoring affair as he makes quick amends opposite of Jamar Chase. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors, they have it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Check it out today with eBay. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Will the Broncos finally unleash Drew Sanders in week two against the Washington Commanders after zero defensive snaps in week one? We're going to discuss the potential involvement of the star third round pick who had a great preseason for the Denver Broncos. But before we do want to give a huge shout out to every single one of you that makes Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. However, and wherever you choose to listen to podcasts free and available everywhere as well as on youtube where you can watch cody and i and engage with the show in the comment section with many other members of broncos country we're excited to kind of wipe the slate clean talk about a brand new game here in week two as the denver broncos look to avoid hitting zero two and improve to one one and let's get this thing back on track right and i know that everyone in broncos country is eager to see it so Thank you so much for making us part of your day, participating in the discussion, listening to the show. We appreciate every single one of you listening to Lockdown Broncos right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Cody, Drew Sanders, we need to see him playing on Sunday. There's no doubt about that, but what his role looks like, that's to be determined. I think now with the loss, though, it's indirectly, it kind of seems to me the loss of Caden Stearns could open up a spot amongst the primary 11 on the Denver Broncos defense. Do you maybe see it in a similar way there? Do you see like Drew Sanders maybe being able to slide in as kind of a, the defense's version of a joker here, maybe dropping into coverage at times, maybe blitzing at times, maybe just coming off the edge at times. I think we need to see him make a big impact in week two. I mean, yeah, I think that's what you want to see. And look, I know Broncos fans are so excited here about Drew Sanders, but you know, we even heard from Sean Payton on Monday following the, you know, the post 
game afterwards, 24 hours, he got a chance to watch the film. And he was asked about why didn't Drew see any snaps? Why didn't he play? Obviously, Drew's going to play a lot of special teams. But I think when we talk about the defensive side of the ball, Sarah, it's so hard right now to just uproot guys like Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell, two guys who are playing really good football at inside linebacker. They were very monumental in what the Broncos were trying to do on Sunday. But how do you maybe get all three of them on the field at the same exact time? To me, that's a tough question, right? Because, Sarah, you just made a great point there. The loss of Caden Stearns is big, but can the Broncos supplement that by adding a different dynamic of a position on the defense there? I think it depends on who you're going against. Now, for me, I look at the Washington Commanders. You look at Jahan Dotson. You look at Scary Terry. Put it in reverse, Terry McLaurin. And you look at Sam Howell, who's got some athleticism, some wheels to him. Part of me is wondering, how do you get a guy like that on the field? And we're talking about Drew Sanders. I think because Howell does have mobility to him, you want to spy him a little bit. I think that could be a great way you can get Drew involved here. But I also wouldn't be surprised if we see him maybe come in, as Vance Joseph alluded to several weeks ago. Hey, we might have something special planned for him inside the fall. Could we may him maybe see him in pass rush situations, whether it's at inside linebacker or whether it's at edge rusher in certain packages? I'm not sure how that's going to go here. But I also I think it's crucial that Denver, if they do plan on doing something like that, you can't tip your hand to opposing defenses that are coming up or offenses that are coming up saying, hey, when this guy's in, they're going to blitz. So there's a fine line that Vance Joseph is going to have to play here for the Broncos. But I do think Sanders can be impactful. He does see time on the field. How he gets on there, I don't know. What would you like to see? I would just like to see him out there somehow, some way, you know, whether it is, like you said, spying the quarterback or if it's a, a package pressure, you know, a pressure package, excuse me. I know the Broncos also will have to deal with Curtis Samuel, who led the commanders in receiving in week one. So it's a trio out there might not be the best week to incorporate a third linebacker. But uh, at the same time, you know, the pass rush needs to get going. The, the commanders, they allowed 12 quarterback hits in week one. The Broncos only had three against the Raiders. So something's got to give there. What what was working for the Arizona Cardinals defense that didn't work for Denver's defensive week. I know they have different opponents and everything like that. Man, you see these these other teams around the league sending blitz, sending pressure, and it was working out really well. The Cleveland Browns worked out really well. Philadelphia Eagles worked out very well. So why did it not work for the Denver Broncos in week one? We've talked about that. Quick passing game. Well, now you get a young quarterback out there who maybe like to hold on to the ball a little bit longer than you know a veteran like Jimmy Garoppolo. That is an advantage where I think you could take Drew Sanders, somebody like him, who just you tell him, hey, I want you to go find the ball. And whether the quarterback's got it or if you just got to, you know, get a hand on him and make sure he knows that you're there. We want to send you out there for eight to 12 plays in this game and just say, go get him, you know. And, and I think that's something that's reasonable. Like you said, you don't want to become predictable when he's out there. Oh, he's rushing the quarterback. We saw him get an interception in the preseason, right? We saw him almost get a couple. So he can drop into coverage and he can maybe veil some things. Maybe you you fake like you're going to send him and Isang Bassi ends up being the guy that comes on the other side of the formation. There's different ways that I think you've got to got to go to that Vic Fangio book of how to defeat a young quarterback in this league. Vic Fangio is expert level at getting after these young quarterbacks and making their their first couple starts or, you know, early on in their career, making it miserable for them. If the Broncos are running an iteration of that defense, they've got to figure out some of the things that Fangio did super well. 
Well, I, I think we also have to account for Logan Thomas as their tight end, right? He had four catches, 43 yards in that week one game against the Arizona Cardinals. A big receiving threat, right? And I think his thing has always been health. But, man, he's also a dynamic there, and he's averaging over 10 yards per catch right now. He's big, physical, right? So maybe in order to counteract that versus, like you, you mentioned, there's going to be Terry McLaurin, obviously Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, Antonio Gibson out of the backfield is another option for them as well. But it's like, I think Denver secondary, the, the cover primary corner guys, you're going to see a lot of nickel and dime. I think you're going to have a lot of coverage options there, but who's going to be primarily covering the tight end? Is it going to be Justin Simmons or Kareem Jackson rolling down there based on how Denver's defense plays? To me, that's a question. If Logan Thomas starts hurting the Broncos in some facets in the middle of the field, maybe you do look at Drew Sanders here because he's six foot five, athletic, can move. And, you know, like I said, I, w- I want to see what the kid can do. I'm all for putting him on the field if the situation determines it, if it's the right personnel move. And we'll be curious because, hey, the Broncos did invest a draft pick in him. He played promising in the preseason. There's some things in his game he's going to have to polish up. But, man, he can be a fun player to watch. And will the Broncos unlock that potential in him this week? Will we see it this week? Or will we see it at some point this season? Broncos country, we are eager for your thoughts on Drew Sanders and why we think that, okay, can the Broncos rely on him? Can he step up here in week two? against the Washington Commanders here. But Broncos country, our conversation is going to continue. There are a lot of questions about the Broncos' pass rush in week one against the Las Vegas Raiders. Can they get back on track? Can they get after a young guy in Sam Howell this upcoming week? We'll talk about one player we have our eyes on on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, Natural disasters and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment that you need. Have you ever been in a situation where you were in pain or you needed medication, but your doctor was out of town or you couldn't get in to see a physician because there were no appointments for days? We've all been there before. Jace Medical is your solution and it's simple. All you do is you just fill out an online form and one of Jace Medical's board certified physicians, they'll review it and they'll determine whether medications are safe and appropriate for you. Then They'll send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your Jace order will be filled and life-saving medications will be mailed directly to your home. Not only that, but you can send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions anytime you have a question that pops up. So save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using our promo code Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com and our good friends over there at prize picks folks prize picks is daily fantasy sports done right it's the most fun i've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season and you just select two or more players you pick more or less on their projected stats and then you place your entry it's that simple testing your skills on prize picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports and if you have the skills you can turn ten dollars into 250 with just a few taps in moments this week, the Broncos will host the Washington Commanders. If you've got Russell Wilson going more than two touchdowns in this game, I would take that against the Commanders. But if you have Terry McLaurin having less than 75 yards receiving with Patrick Sertan locked up on him, that's something I would get in on Price Picks here today. Price Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. So go to PricePicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, that's go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, sir, as we continue our conversation on today's episode 
of the show. The Broncos back on the practice field on Wednesday at the Centura Health Training Center for a big-time matchup on Sunday. Now, I know some people are going to say, well, it's the Commanders. Not necessarily a big-time matchup. Folks, it's the NFL season. Every matchup is a big matchup, regardless of who the opponent is. Because if Denver, or any team for that matter, as we've seen here in Week 1, if they don't beat a team that they, if people perceive they should beat, then they're bad. But if they beat a team that they should beat, everyone says, well, it's just that. we got to stop with these nitpicking narratives that I see on social media. The NFL is wild. Week one, as we all saw, was wild around the entire National Football League. What went on with the New York Jets? What's going on with the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals? There's just chaos all around here, Sarah, and it's not just with the Denver Broncos. So week two, as you mentioned earlier, a fresh slate, an opportunity to right some of the wrongs that Denver did, unfortunately, in week one against the Las Vegas Raiders here. And another player that we want to see maybe have a big bounce back game here. We want to see the pass rush do it. But in particular, I think we're all excited to see, can Randy Gregory have a big impact this week against Sam Howell, against that offensive line that you mentioned, surrender 10 quarterback hits to the Arizona Cardinals last week. Yes, we need to see Randy Gregory come through. The Denver Broncos gave him a big money contract in the 2022 free agency period. And he has yet to live up to that. Unfortunately, injury is part of the equation. And we know that's not necessarily within the player's control. Of course, injuries happen in the NFL all the time. And unfortunately, it does seem like the Broncos have been. I know Sean Payton doesn't want to say it. I'll say it. It feels like they've been snake bitten a little bit over these last handful of years in the injury department. And when your margin of error is already thin, getting your best players uh putting them on injury reserve and having to play without them for extended periods of time. It's just, it doesn't work. And, and so for Randy Gregory, when he's healthy, man, the Broncos need him to be out there making a substantial impact. We need to see that guy that was part of forcing what six turnovers in his final season. And in Dallas where that's why the Broncos gave him the big money contract that they did. Right. So you really want to see a guy like that step up and be that closer off the edge in a close game like we saw week one against the Raiders. Broncos have gotten so used to having guys like Elvis Dumerville and Von Miller and Demarcus Ware and Shaquille Barrett and all these other guys through the years, Bradley Chubb, who have been so effective late in games of making that game-changing hit, that, that game-changing pass rush late in a game. Who's going to be that guy this season for the team. I think Randy Gregory, all eyes go to him first, right? Because he's the big money player out there. He's the single digit guy. Like he's, he exudes that sort of confidence with his paycheck, his Jersey number and everything, Cody, to me. So I, I expect Randy Gregory to step up in a big way against the Washington commanders and hopefully make life tough for Sam Howell. That's the hope, right? But I think realistically speaking, if Randy Gregory is going to have success that means that other guys on that defensive line have to have success as well, right? We got to see Zach Allen, who the Broncos paid a lot of money to in this offseason to create that interior pressure, right? Some of the stuff we saw in the preseason, because when he's doing that, and DJ Jones, another guy who the Broncos a couple years ago paid in NFL free agency. Sarah, if these two guys here can command the interior, get some backfield penetration, you know what it does? It opens up guys like Jonathan Cooper, guys like Randy Gregory for one-on-one -on -one opportunities. And look, I think the way that the NFL is played here today, it, it's tough for an edge rusher just to do it all by himself, right? I think a lot of times you see the end result. What did Von Miller always say? He's like, hey, I wouldn't have half my sacks if it wasn't for Derek Wolf commanding a double team. So this is where Vance Joseph and the defensive line, the scheme this week against the commanders, yes, you have to stop the run. You have to do that every single week. But it's not like you're going against the Las Vegas Raiders and Josh Jacobs here. 
You have to find a way to get pressure on Sam Howell. You have to create backfield penetration here to make it easier for more isolated one-on-ones. That's where the talent and the physical prowess that we see from guys like Gregory and Jonathan Cooper, that's where I think we'll see them have more success in the end game here in the pass rush department. But yeah, I mean, gosh, they have to find a way to not just give Sam Howell time because the dynamic that we saw that maybe gives me a little bit of a concern here heading into this week is, okay, watching Sam Howell maneuver outside the pocket, use his legs and generate momentum to give the commanders a chance and obviously help them win that game last week. Denver can't have those types of lapses on the edge. It's not necessarily the edge rusher. It's like, okay, hey, if you're crashing and you're sending a blitz as the last play of the game, I think where Denver had a chance to stop Jimmy G or he scrambled for the first down, they they stunted. They sent a, both linebackers on a blitz, so they crashed in, and no one was accountable on the outside there. So I think Josie Jewell said something in a, in a post-practice or in a post-game thing on Monday morning when he met with us on a conference call, said that he was supposed to rap, saw Jimmy G got outside, and was like, ah, oh, you know, and that was a mistake that they had made there. I think you have to account for everything here in terms of just staying disciplined as a football team, maintain edge discipline. If you are an edge rusher and you're not crashing in, if you're crashing in, there's a design, right? If you ever see an edge rusher crash straight in, that means somebody's coming back on the outside to get there. And so your field guys have to be there here. I think Denver's defensive front seven, I think they have to be much better this week there. If Denver has a chance to win this game against the commanders, hopefully not a close game, right? Hopefully Denver can come out here and just dominate. You know how great that would be in the eyes of the fan base? Come out, respawn from a week one disappointment, and just dominate in week two and then get your stride because, hey, it sets up for a tough matchup in week three as well. So I agree with you. Randy Gregory is a name to watch. Jonathan Cooper, I think the front seven in general, they have to be much bigger this week here for the Broncos if they're going to win. They do, and it, it really comes down to just making sure that Sam Howell isn't able to get outside of the pocket, right? W- what does that mean? If he's able to get outside, it means your rush didn't get home but might have done a good enough job to flush him from the pocket, but at the same time, you want to make sure that he has to make whatever his first or second decision is in terms of throwing the ball. Otherwise, your coverage unit with the Broncos' biggest strength on their roster is their secondary. With Justin Simmons and Pat Sertan out there, even with the injuries in the secondary, Cody, I think just having those two guys is such a difference maker against teams. You want Sam Howell to have to make that snap decision with the ball. And your pass rush is the one that's going to cause him to do that. If he doesn't have to make that first decision, if he's able to go out there, play a little backyard football, make some plays outside of structure, you need him to make the plays within structure and force him to do that. Your pass rushers, that's what they're getting paid to do. So that's what I'm expecting in this game, a big bounce back from those guys. Hopefully they take it personal that everybody's talking about them Monday, Tuesday, and going forward. I'm looking forward to the bounce back from not just the Broncos, but this unit maybe racking up double-digit quarterback hits just like the Arizona Cardinals did against the Commanders last week. If they're able to do that, I think it'll appease some of the concerns that maybe some Broncos fans have initially after week one. And hey, week two is a great opportunity to get back on track here. We'll see if the Broncos can do just that there. But that'll wrap up today's episode of the show here. Broncos country, thanks for rocking with us, making us your first listen of the day. Thanks for watching us on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. The one thing we want to encourage you is make sure you check out tomorrow's episode, Lockdown Broncos, as Sarah Bettinger sits down with our guy, David Harrison, in a crossover Thursday preview to preview Sunday's matchup between two teams with brand new ownership. You'll get that much more wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube on tomorrow's episode, Lockdown Broncos.